You're good with the intro. You do it. You do it. You go for it. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Stop just running around. Roll the bloody intro. All right, here we are. Episode negative 15.A. <laughs> Write it yep. down in the notebooks. We'll be asking questions at the end of the term. We have started a new segment on the show, One Degree of Separation. Yes. Where we look at, uh, we, you know, we, we discuss a piece and then we find someone who's worked on that piece and then we find something else that they've worked on. So in this case, mm. we just watched Ghost in the Shell 2017. Mm-hmm. And we took the director who had since doing Ghost in the Shell, he'd actually moved on to do the Foundation TV series. Just remind a little bit, when you said we watched Ghost yes. in the Shell, don't you mean we endured mm. Ghost in the Shell? <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Damn. Harsh. It, it, it was a bit of an endurance, yes. Uh, I still maintain it's it's quite odd that me being the kind of, you know, arguably in quotes fanboy, Mm-hmm. The Ghost in the Shell movie. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who had slightly less of a problem with it than you did. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Rupert Sanders. See, it, it, isn't, it, isn't it weird how, like, you know, directors are, they're the adults in the room. And, and you know, we always think of them as being the older people who are making these things. They're, he's out, mm. he's, he's only a little bit older than me. He didn't want to take so, up the KFC franchise after his great great grandfather. So he <laughs> took up film directing. Maybe should have stuck with the chicken, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, look. Well, okay. You know. Well, the, yeah, your thoughts. You, you, you go. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into this. So we've watched the first two. This mm-hmm. is arguably his third outing in, in directing. So he did uh, Snow White and the Huntsman mm. in 2012, Ghost in the Shell 2017. In. Thoughts? Uh, look, my takeaway from this, the kind of quick thing, is that it actually wasn't too bad. I had some issues, but I think it's more with the format than the effort. But one of the things that uh, I go back to a, a lot is like, uh, especially with these like potentially unrelatable stories. So it's a far-flung future that we're dealing with they've got elevators that go into space and things like that you know faster than light travel is available all that kind of stuff trying to make them relatable giving people a sense of the stakes uh we both watched ender's game many years ago and there's a quote-unquote climactic scene and there's just no sense of the stakes whereas you know you watch the no time for caution scene in interstellar and i i am literally on the edge of my seat and i've seen that scene seven times now you know you have a sense for the stakes even though they're both very unrelatable it's not something that we're going to experience in real life so i think that's a real talent and the foundation being even more in that it's very much a fantasy very soft sci-fi and we'll get into that in a minute but i genuinely actually had a felt like i had a sense of the stakes like when the uh the big terrorist attack happens you know i'm going to try and stretch my muscles and try and avoid spoilers here but there's a when that happens and when we see it happens it has a sense of grandiosity like it feels big and it, it is big there's a lot there that I thought they did a really good job of communicating empire and heritage and, you know, everything that's going on there. I was like quite impressed. I had a feel for the weight of it. The downside that I noticed, and I mean, this is, I do think this is more to do with the format. Episodes that need to be an hour long and, you know, does your story fit into an hour? Well, it's a whole story that's spread out into one hour segments sort of thing. So sometimes these can be a little bit awkward sometimes. And I've noticed with a few series, like I'm watching Altered Carbon right now. Similarly, I'm experiencing that the you've got a great setting, some interesting characters. There's some intrigue. (laughs) Altered Carbon has Max Headroom, but that's a whole nother story. We, uh, you know, there's, it's some really good bits, but it's, kind of shoehorned into this one hour 
thing, or not necessarily shoehorned, but stretched out. So these story moments, same with Foundation. Definitely a pacing issue. Yeah. I think that translates to sometimes some scenes and plot devices getting a little more airtime than they probably need. I really did cringe a bit with the love interest between uh, Raish and Gail. Their romance is like... <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> sort of like, uh, I'm not... Yeah. I was the same. I was my, I was like, oh, that's left field. And then I had to think about why it was. But you... My biggest issue is not so much that it was left field. If anything, it's extremely predictable. It's like we have a male and female... It wasn't for me. So to me, it was like, oh, God, these guys are almost certainly going to hook up no it wasn't for um, me but that's it was, it, it that's, was a surprise oh, okay but then funny even though it was kind of expected i found it it was it went beyond just being expected it was very stereotypical like very tropey that was so a i felt the same way up. but i i kept coming back to it like i was i was never pushed away like i never i never felt like i had to kind of endure it i've read the foundation book Oh, you have? Okay. Yes. I didn't know anything about it. I went in so blind. I know the basic setup for it. Okay. And watching it get to that point, there were some parts where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then there were some parts where I was like, oh, this is definitely not in the books. But okay. I don't know if this is uh, explored in the follow-up books for Foundation that were done later, but okay. this focuses more on the setup. In yep. the book, it happens real fast. Like, oh, okay. I'm telling you. And what happens in the show, it goes quickly. Like, we get to we get to the meat and potatoes really early on, which I was really appreciative of because I was worried, oh, because it's a series, we're going to get I'll stretch it out. It. But instead, we get right into it. There is that epic scene. We get a sense for who the emperor is and, you know, the empire and, and like I said, mm-hmm. the culture that exists there and- I was like, this is actually not bad. There's some good pacing here in terms of delivering information. But then there were some other parts where it just kind of goes, it slogs a bit and it's a bit forced. You know, some of the characters, uh, it's like they're kind of going through the the motions of, ah, he's the benevolent heroic character, like Harry Seldon, the mathematician. He's, Jared Harris. Um, I like Jared yeah, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I saw him. I'm like, I'm like, I need to look him up because I know I've seen him in like other stuff. Uh, he was um, Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes. Right. With Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes 2, book of sh- uh, whatever it's called. It was really good. And it was also yeah, he's got- Will Robinson in the in the Lost in Space 90s movie. It don't have to see oh, that really? performance. Yeah, he's, they get caught in a time bubble and he becomes the future Will Robinson or something. It's just so bizarre. I'm actually looking here. His father's Richard Harris, who's a like, oh, famous really? British. Yeah, Richard Harris was British his father. Yeah. I liked Richard Harris too. There you go. It caught my intrigue. And I suppose that's the thing. There's some parts of it which just like the emperor when he's in his like blue armor type stuff. Yeah. It's weird. I know it's ceremonial, uh, but there's something kind of 90s, Star Trek type feel to it looks a well, bit looks a bit too clean and polished. I was, but then at the same I, I time, I thought it felt older than that, and there's a reason why. Because see, I, like I said, I went into this blind, but when I saw the credits yeah, yeah. and I saw Asimov, I know Isaac like Asimov. I haven't read many of his books. I hadn't heard of Foundation. So when I saw Asimov, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, this is probably based on something from the 50s or 60s. But I didn't want that to bias my viewing because it opens up with mm. this strange object and people trying to get close to that object on that far-flung mm-hmm. planet, uh, which was a, a nice setup. But then the tropes started. With the tropes, they felt a bit dated. Mm. And I suddenly, even though it's it's in this glossy, new CG, mm. beautifully shot show, the tropes were still there. It was sort of like a 1950s, 60s. And, and I know the that's really the story. The thing for me- 
but it's kind of a lot yeah. of the stuff that's tropey is the even the new stuff that they've added is kind of tropey and stereotypical. It's like well, you had an opportunity here, but then again, well, maybe they didn't uh, because it's like it would stick out too much if you have this like very. I think they're forced. Yeah, yeah, they're, so yeah, like they're they forced because they have to stick to the, the adaptation in a way. Yeah, so they're forced to make these new things in line with the tropes. Gail is introduced. She's leaving her home planet. She's won a competition and she's there with she's like her guardians. Outcast. I don't know if they're mother or father. I think I think it was her mum and dad. The impression I got was that she was quite young, maybe 16, 17. And even when she brought up the hologram of Mr. Brooding, whatever his mm. name is, the, the guy she hook us, hooks up with, she looks at I the imagine. 3D image and, and she goes, ah, oh, cute. Something a teenager would sort of say, you know, she looks very young. In, in real life, I think she's mid to, mid to late 20s. She's small in stature. When she meets right. the guy, he's so much taller than her and seems so much more older. <laughs> I just had the impression that, okay, she's, she's probably about 16 and he's about 28, 29, 30. It wasn't that I was bothered, but it just came out of left field. From I didn't expect it. I, yeah, I expected, her, that's, that's I, I expected her to be a bit infatuated with him, like mm. have a bit of a crush on him. But mm-hmm. because he's in his duties, he, nothing will happen because she's too young. It goes fast, hey. Like it I was just because he's Suddenly he's effectively the bodyguard. It seems he's the he's the yeah. muscle effectively he's like the muscle chaperone like, type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd imagine, but there's no there's no professional distance kept. What's no, not at all. No. Like, the impression I got when I first came across Foundation. This is more to do with the book. The impression I got was when it came out, it was kind of explosive in the sense that it was, they wouldn't have had this term at the time, but it was, I think, viewed what we would consider now hard sci-fi. I can, I can definitely see that because I thought of I thought of this as hard sci-fi years ago. in a way. Well, it is hard sci-fi in a way, see, but not I, in I our standards. That's what but, I mean by when I saw Asimov, I thought, yeah, in the 60s, yeah. this would have been awesome. Like, this would have been cutting the t- edge. Yeah, yeah, the tower reaching up into the sky, mm-hmm. you know, linked... I can remember reading that in books from a long time ago of things like that. I have a pretty simple benchmark for what I consider hard sci-fi or not. Do they have gravity on ships when they're not spinning or accelerating? If they do have gravity, that's- not hard sci-fi, that's soft sci-fi. So Star Trek, Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. uh, all of those, that's okay. soft sci-fi. If you're limited by the light barrier without a really, really solid, complicated explanation as to why you're able to break the light barrier, then and you're bound by more or less the laws of physics as we understand them, that I consider to be hard sci-fi. So that's, that's a good benchmark. You know, yeah. if, if characters are walking around on a ship, Mm. And they say, oh, yeah, we've got artificial gravity. It's like, dude, we, if you, ha- I'm sorry, if you can control gravity, there's nothing you can't do. You, yeah, literally, yeah. you can almost literally, you can basically travel to through, travel through time. Yeah, you yeah. have effectively no limits. If you can control gravity to that degree where you can. Yeah. Project gravity without mass. <laughs> well, they, well, they have they traveled from the sixties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that they have traveled from the past. Did. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! That is some. Now you're on the trolley. That's some uh, crackerjack armor you've got there. <laughs> Want to smoke? Actually, help with your digestion. Actually, actually yeah, but that's actually, well. Uh, actually, I think it was the fifties. The thing I think that keeps me coming back is because I, I read the books with a certain amount of. Yeah, look, it's a good thing this is trucking along at a good pace because it's not great. It's kind of like Lucy. Lucy is, when you look at Lucy is a really kind of naff movie, but it's 90 mm. minutes, blows through so fast that you don't mm. have time to think how much it sucks. It's actually, this is kind of cool. I actually mm. really mm. like this. Yeah, you can't help but like it. The Foundation yeah. book was also kind of like that. And I think the series as well, barring a couple of fumbled pacing issues. And like I said, trying to shoot on it or stretch out into this convenient one hour bite doesn't always work. 
the overarching notion with foundation is our culture is about to die and we need an insurance plan. And in this context, that insurance plan means a colony that's so far out of reach that it's going to be safe. It's an interesting idea of basically accepting the fatalism of you can't stop this, you can only mitigate it. That's the idea of the psycho history, right? It makes sense. It's almost like, yeah, that they are advanced enough to be able to project based on human behavior, mathematics, et cetera. Mm. A couple of centuries, this empire is going to fall, which is essentially the three clones, right, of the same person. Mm -hmm. And that's where the armor came in, the blue armor, reminded me of a very sort of 1950s look. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes with like episode three, four and beyond, because there is the the story itself does truck along at a decent pace at a good clip in um, in the book. And so how do you divvy that up into a contractually obligated 12 episode, one hour per sure. episode or whatever it is like, yeah. you know, there are other books, uh, right? Like, oh, yeah, there's, there's three books. I'm uh, sure them, they'll uh, pick and choose. I'll probably streamline it into a narrative. Yeah. Well, the thing that worries me is that in the book, there, there, like I said, there's a lot of ground covered. It dots through a few different eras and it makes me, you know, kind of worry that they're literally just going to take that opportunity at each crisis that comes up gets stretched out into like two one-hour episodes when if they try following the book closely there's just not enough meat there to make for two one-hour episodes if they do it a sensible amount you know with the with the information given by the book potentially going to end up being a little bit too much too situational too much like uh star trek where the crisis the crisis comes up they deal with it and then the crisis is averted sort of thing or or negotiated navigated i don't know i i i am i am intrigued to see more of it i i think given where we came from to get here, which was Rupert Sanders and his directing of Ghost in the Shell 2013, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it shows that- Hot wings, wicked wings. Let's just call him wicked wings from now on. <laughs> this poor man. He's got some talent there and given it's like- Yeah, absolutely. That was only his second movie. And the other thing I suppose is it touches on this thing of like, you're dealing again, he's dealing with a beloved property because Foundation is, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm actually quite shocked that you hadn't heard of, of Foundation because I- I actually you know, would have thought I've it would be of, like right I've up your alley. Of, no, I've heard of other Asimov books. I think it's just one of those ones that slipped through the cracks because I never um, really was a big Asimov fan. No, I've the only one I've ever read, I think, is this, is is Foundation. I haven't read any of the other Foundation books. It's, yeah, never, yeah. it's never been something that I've really been drawn to because mostly because I do know it's like it's coming from a bygone era. So it's- I think that's yeah, why it, I didn't it, get into it either. It was yeah, sort of- that's, Yeah, that's it's, something else. You know, that's you mm. know, your 1984s and your Brave New Worlds. That's that's different. The science is really serving the political commentary, whereas here it's yeah. trying to be a, a full science fiction. And like I said, it's probably it was probably considered a hard science fiction back in the day, but now it's, yeah. it's kind of quaint. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's just a case of like how long it outstays its welcome. And the book- Goes along think, pretty quickly, so hopefully the series uh, follows that same pacing. I wish it was a little more intriguing. I liked when they show Gale, who was able to go up to that monument thing. It was Gale in the future. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, grown I wasn't up. sure. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be her grown up. I assumed it was, but at I the thought same it was time, a jump it seemed forward. like she was. Yeah, because yeah, it's thirty five years into the future, which would put her at right. 50 or something like more 60. Mm, I'm not sure. But then given the, not wishing to spoil, given the cliffhanger of uh, episode two, that 
does raise some questions. Yeah, sure, it does. I imagined that it was, but then I, I looked again, I'm like, they're doing a really good job of making her look and act like a very different person, but maybe that's the point. Maybe, maybe that's the um, point. She's gone through a lot or something. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, now you probably know from the books, but it wasn't made very clear whether this was humanity in the far-flung future. Now, they did say you're from this planet. They didn't say you're- right. You know, they didn't say, oh, you're a Vulcan. They said, you're from yep. Tehran or whatever the planet was. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the descendants of, of Earth. Yeah. In the book, I think it's Harry Selden who meets with a visiting dignitary to Tranta. And he says, you know, how do, do you think the empire is going to survive? Blah, blah. And the dignitary says, oh, well, people have been doing, you know, research. It's really unnecessary trying to find the original home planet. Some people say it's this planet. Some people say it's this. Some people even say it's Sol uh, as the home system. So they, they, it's, mm. it's far enough in the future that they don't know where the original system is. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Makes sense. So it, that's, it does make I'm it cool with seem that. like. Look, I liked parts mm. of it. I liked moments. Mm-hmm. The quaintness of it, like you say, was a bit hard. It was, uh, it was a bit tropey. And things sort of fell through. Like when they had Harry up on trial mm-hmm. and they're saying, how do you know this truth? And they're asking him, the empire is going to come to an end in a couple of centuries. Yeah. And then they call Gail up and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what he's saying is true. I've seen it too. I sort of put myself in in that place. What a legal like, system. <laughs> no, but I'm watching this. I'm watching this random young lady come up and say, "Yeah, yeah, what he's saying is true." And it's kind of like, yeah, "Well, who are you?" 100%. Maybe they needed something, someone more more of an authority to mm-hmm. back him up. That would have made more sense. Mm. It would have made more sense for someone on the other side to go, "Holy shit, what he's saying is right." What I think would have been probably more effective if they had time would be to have a mathematician of basically equal renown saying, no, he's wrong. His maths is wrong. Mm-hmm. And having that kind of back and forth. Only that, that the empire needs to know. be scared, legitimately scared. Yeah. Like, they, like the empire is acting out this way because he 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 does believe Harry Seaton. Yeah, true. Yeah, but like you know by I mean? having an expert, but having an expert come in and effectively prove him wrong helps assuage those fears. You wouldn't would, have much of a story, but like, story though. It, it, it would it would take longer is the point. It would take longer, it, yeah. It would take longer and yeah. it would, instead that I think this is one of the reasons why that courtroom we'll call it a courtroom. Yeah it's, courtroom, it's, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it seems kind of weird because it's really fast. Like it's so quick. There's two mm. there's two courthouse scenes and it just each one of them's over in like that. Bless them for not getting super self-indulgent and like sure, you know, yeah, yeah. going nuts. Like I don't waste sure. my time. Sure. It makes for an easy show to sit down and watch. Sometimes you don't want edgy. Sometimes you want like a nice soft beanbag. And I guess that's what this show is. It kind it's, of is. You know, it, it has bridges. that 65 of a, of a, a beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice it's a nice bridging of sci-fi and fantasy. Easy yeah. to watch, yeah. It moves along fine, and I think the performances are fine. I like the guy who's um, Brother Day. You know, I've got, you've got Brother Dawn, the kid, Brother mm. Day, with his blue yes. stuff, and Brother Dusk, I think it is. Dusk. And I yep. like how the three of them play off each other with different viewpoints, mm-hmm. you know. The older one's yep. getting older. He knows he's dying, so he's he really wants to know the truth. Mm. Brother Day is denying the whole thing. You know, he's he's fearful, arrogant, egotistic. He plays a good role. Like, he makes it sort of worthwhile mm. watching. It's just a bit, as the kids say, it's a bit mid. I'm not gripped by the balls. It's At the same time, though, it's it's like it's an easy watch. 
And it's good to watch. Yeah. It's great to watch. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. You see that terrorist attack and you do get that, <laughs> that, awesome. that sense of the stakes. And, yeah, and they did such a good job on that. this thing happen. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's amazing. I know everything's done with CGI now, but that's still yeah. not cheap. That's not- There's still a lot like, of work there. Isn't, there's a lot of work. There's a lot then, of work. The aftermath, we have set pieces of the destruction. And so it's like, yeah. that, that has to be made still. Has to like, be made. You know, you can't yeah. just, you can't yeah. just find a appropriate house and go, yeah, we're going to shoot in here. I found some of the best parts of the the show were the shots of Empire, dawn, day, and dusk. I thought it was really interesting when dusk has uh, the two emissaries from those two countries. Uh, mm. Sorry, two countries, from those two two systems. First, it seems like he's talking to them. Uh, he's got them both at the table and he's talking to them. That's a good scene, he's yeah. not. Yeah. He's actually talking to them one at a time. I thought it was a false. I thought it was a continuity. Uh, yeah, but it's not. That's both actually there. him. And then, yeah. It does run into the problem of, wait, so he's going through this speech with the same emotion and intensity <laughs> a second time for one of them? Okay. Mm, sure. But whatever. It yeah. works. It works, it works yeah. you know. Yeah. But the, there's a couple of good lines. There's a really good line where he says, one of you, oh, one, one of you is going to be punished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to get the right one. Yep. I would like, or I would like, I would like for one of them to be the right, uh, the, for one of them to be guilty. <laughs> yeah, like you're both going to yeah. be punished. I would yeah. like for one of you to be guilty, and it's like brutal. That's <laughs> yeah, that's so rough. <laughs> yeah, and- yeah. And based on that, like Day and uh, the AI that's with him, Eto Demerzel, Majordomo. Eto Eto Demerzel, Eto Demerzel. Okay, weird sci-fi names. <laughs> <laughs> she is standing there with Day, and Day realizes there just by just by having this little discussion with these two these two emissaries. That's him in decline. He says. Dusk is in decline, and it's like he's mm. not even showing that much of a weakness. He just he wants to to know the truth. You can't have that. Like truth is secondary to preserving yeah. the empire, to preserving <laughs> us. Like you know the whole uh, you know the the scene where the those two systems are punished. Mm. Now it's both again trying to avoid spoilers here. Mm. It is both a macro punishment and a. A demonstration, somewhat more micro punishment, you know. Yeah, where, yeah. And and then he leaves those two alive and says, "You're now going to go back to your planets, and you're going to explain to the survivors why, you know, how you were unable to save their planet and save yeah. your save your planet, save your life." What's going on? And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's brutal. Like, and here's your fucking nothing- gifts. <laughs> <laughs> take your shit with you. <laughs> take your take your baubles. Just go hang them on a uh, hang them on a tree. A tree. I feel I felt like the weakest parts were obviously the love interest between Rache and Gale. Skip. I did skip. I think there was a I, I there was actually a love scene. Yeah, yeah. I skipped. There were was it the were there a pool? You're in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, skip. Thank you. I would say it's definitely worth giving a frick about. I would say maybe not. No. Okay. And I think it's only dependent on. I don't think it's for everybody. I think it's for the. I think it's it's suitable for a fairly general audience who are happy mm. with some safe sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's it may not be intriguing enough for them to carry through. I'll put it another way. It's one of those ones where you look online and you, and you look at all the reviews and it's a 6.1. I think they would have had a lot of drop-off after two or three episodes. The one thing I, I wonder when I think about who it's for, 
there's that whole the Asimov fans. <laughs> no, I actually don't think uh, it's I not. Think no, they 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 might come and go from it, but uh, there's this phenomenon that I keep hearing about where people are just kind of exhausted by the gritty, intense, hard-hitting, really engaging material. And so mm. people are literally putting reruns of Friends on in the background while they do the housework. I wonder if it's new enough that it's it keeps them in, but it's also safe enough. You know, we've got an evil empire, we've got a, an exiled colony, and and there's that whole thing of well, the empire's now collapsed, and this is the this is the safety, this is the nest egg sort of thing. Is that enough to keep people in with a bit of easy TV in this age where the idea of sitting down to watch Altered Carbon, it's like okay, I need to steal my, I need a shot of vodka before I watch that, <laughs> you know, or uh, women women of you war, Christmas watching women of wrapping war, wrapping up your and it's bicep like, for a syringe, <laughs> tap the yeah, vein, baby. Like, this is very much a social that? cultural thing because you've got uh, interest rates have gone up. You've got and, a uh, pandemic and, bubbling and, away in the background. Yeah, and you do get weary. Like you do get weary. You don't want to yeah. watch something that I mean, your brain's taxed enough. And yeah, this will fit into that mold of just have a good romp, enjoy the visuals. But to me, it is a it is a, a, a six point four, six point five. Give it, give a freak if you want to have something to watch while you're eating dinner. Mindlessly shovel food into your gaping maw. <laughs> And then mindlessly consume content into your toothpick-opened eyes. That's right.